Hi, welcome to the Refuge House Church Podcast. We are so glad that you decided to join us today. Here at the Refuge House, we help people discover their God-given uniqueness through the teaching of God's Word so that they can be empowered to make a difference and impact their world for Christ. So here's what we need you to do. We need you to grab your Bible, your notebook, your pens, and then get ready for a powerful message and see what God is going to do. I believe there are people in your life that probably need this message. So go ahead and share this to them and invite them to be a part of what God is doing today. Thank you and enjoy this week's message. Spiritual warfare, or what we call the good fight of faith. You can call it spiritual warfare because it's spiritual. Or you can call it the good fight of faith. The Bible says fight the good fight of faith. So the good fight of faith is spiritual warfare. And we're dealing in, on two levels. We've dealt with the first level, which has to do with the flesh. And we're dealing on the second level that has to do with the source behind the flesh. Satan, demons, and the works of darkness. All right? So we've, ex- we've, we've explained, we've laid certain important foundation about spiritual warfare from a biblical perspective, not, not from movies, not from experiences, not from what you think, but what the Bible says. All right? So we've, we've established that this warfare, it's a good fight. It's good because Jesus made it good. Say amen. And I said, say amen. amen. Very good. Number two, it's a good fight of faith because it's a war of words. Every fight of faith is fought with words. And we said this warfare you and I are dealing with is a speaking warfare. We wrestle with words. When it says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, and all that, the wrestling is a word contest. Say what me say, it's a word contest. Contest means fight. It's a word fight. It's what you say. And whoever is saying and is dominant in saying wins. Now, we are biased to win because Christ, when, when Christ, and he has made us overcome us. So, we have the victory. But if you don't use it with your mouth, it doesn't benefit you. Say with me, say, I have the victory. Say, I have the victory. Say, now I lay hold on the victory through the confession of my faith. That's why the Bible says, lay hold on the confession of your faith. He said, he said, don't waver. Keep saying it. Because there are several things that we want to shortchange you and attempt to shift you from saying what your faith is. Your faith is what is Christ and what he has done. My faith is what? Christ and what he has done. That, that's what I am not to waver in saying. My faith is based on Christ and his finished works. So in the morning, you say it. In the afternoon, you say it. In the evening, you say it. It doesn't matter what you see. It doesn't matter what happens. What counts at the end of the day is what Christ has done. Say amen. amen. I gave you a story, an incident, a testimony to illustrate how Christ supports us. You know, a man who was coming from a program and they were praying and the man of God told you, you're going to have favor. And he was on the plane back to Abuja, met an old man, have good character, have respect, all right? You know, and, and just like you're, you're young, you're in a place and you see somebody elderly coming, just for courtesy's sake, get up, let the person sit down. Nobody needs to tell you that I have sense. Did you hear what I said? It, it can go a long way to help you. Don't cross your leg like a girl, you're doing cheek. Be doing cheek, goodness will just pass you. And you'll be crossing your leg looking at it. All right, just be kind. That's what we are. The love of God is kind. Oh, madam, please come and sit down. Let them tell you, don't worry. Now there, you chop it, you go. 
like somebody with no manner. Yeah, cross your leg and yeah, just lick your phone. And an elder comes and says, I don't know him. I mean, it's a free country. Be doing free country. Free world, I mean. Be doing free world. Then the thing that God has brought to bless you will just pass you and walk away because of your bad attitude. Anyway, the guy went, helped the man, sat down, and man, very kind man, thank you. After a while, the man kept quiet. He said, do you have any problem? Uh, no, no, but I'm okay. I'm, I'm very okay. He asked him again, do you have any problem? He said, well, there's this parastator I worked in in Abuja. They owe me a lot of money. They've not, they not paid me. So he said, which parastator? He mentioned it. He said, give me a piece of paper. He just wrote Baba and signed on it. He said, take it to the, give it to the MD. You will get your money. Ah, uh, <laughs> the man like, <laughs> Baba with signature. Okay. He collected it, he left. He went to the office the next day and he dropped it to the city. He said, give it to the MD. When the MD saw that paper, he ran out of the office. Where is the man that brought the paper? Where is the man? Where is the man? A lot of people were in the reception there. He says, you are from Baba? He said, please, come, 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 come. Um, please, what are we owing you again? That was the day they paid him everything. Why? Because there are things that Baba has done that has given weight to his name and his signature. Anybody who knows what he has done and sees his name and attempt to disregard it, the thing that follows Baba will come for you. So the man didn't want trouble. He paid. Immediately, he was given preferential treatment. Now, I said, Jesus is our Baba. The word is the signature and the Baba on the page. If you don't say it, nobody will know. Are you hearing me? So when we tell you declare the word of God, it's to will the influence of Christ over your life and will it over situation and circumstance. Every time something happens to you, Satan is trying to deceive you, you know, by using fear to change the narrative and to influence the things you say and the things you see. So instead of speaking your advantage, which is Christ, you will speak fear. And fear is Satan that controls fear. You know, there's a story, there's a write-up I wrote on my Facebook. Go and read it. It's called The Audacity of Faith. A man came to meet Jesus. The daughter was grievously sick. I was at the point of there. He said, please come lay your hand on my daughter and she shall be well. She said, okay, no problem, let's go. As they were going, few poles to the house, someone came, obviously a messenger of the devil. He may not know. You know, there are many messengers of the devil that they don't know. How many of you know that? They don't know. Because their mind is not controlled. So Satan will just enter through their mind. You know, Bible says, as Satan entered him, entered his thoughts. There are many who, because of their carelessness, they're careless in the way they think, careless in the way they talk, they can be free agent for Satan. He doesn't pay them. Just use their mind and use their mouth. So this one was one of them. He came, ah, trouble not the master, your daughter just died. Then immediately, what Jesus did for Jairus is what he's doing for us now. He stepped in and said, fear not, only believe and your daughter shall be made well. It's in the book of Luke 8. Luke 8 from 50 down. He said, Before he, he, because Jairus had already declared his faith in God, in Christ, that come lay your hands so my daughter will live. So the moment he did that, Jesus took the responsibility to defend his confession and to stand with him. When you proclaim the word, the Bible says Jesus is the high priest of our profession. 
He's standing before the Father representing you and I, ensuring that what he did speaks for you. <laughs> say amen. Come on, say amen. amen. Jesus is our Baba. Your words are the signature and the name. He has a name that is above every other name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and every tongue should what? Confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's why there is nothing that prevents him from defending you like someone who has a double mind. A double-minded believer is unstable in all his ways. One minute you are done, the next minute you are down, the next moment, it doesn't work like that. He said, let not that man think he shall receive anything from the Lord. You want to receive what you believe? Stay with the word. Did you hear what I said? Because that's your advantage in spiritual warfare. One of the things you begin to learn in spiritual warfare is that you must be consistent with what you say. Don't allow it and reframe your confessions. Don't allow situation change what you believe. Stay with the word. Say, I hear you. All right, so we're looking at what do we deal with in spiritual warfare, and we've established in the first service, uh, according to Ephesians 6, let's just read the passage, then we'll go straight to where we stopped. Ephesians 6, verse 11 and 12. Many of us for years, I inclusive, will quote verse 12 without any recourse to verse 11. And quoting verse 12 without referencing verse 11 is taking the verse 12 out of context. Because it, it lifts the, gives the um, opportunity for us to inject our personal or private interpretation of what we think the fight is all about. Alright, Ephesians 6 verse 11 and 12. Are we there? The Bible says, put on the whole armor of God. We put it on with words. And I will tell you what, what the armors are. Each of these armor are word. Everybody say word. Each of the armors are word-based armor. All right. Put on the old armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wise. Everybody say against the wise of the devil. Against the wise of the devil. Verse 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principality, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, and against spiritual wickedness. Now, these are the boy-boy of the devils. They are the boy-boy of the devil. But watch what he said. Please don't ever isolate verse 12 and verse 11. If you do that, you're going to run the risk of inventing your own concept, opinion of what the warfare is about. Because if you look at verse 12, say, you know, brother and sister, you know, we're fighting against principality and power, against uh, um, rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Let us begin to pray. You're, you're not talking like a blind person. What is the warfare about? Verse 11. He says, put on the armor that you may be able to stand against. I like the word stand against. The word stand against means maintain your position against. Are you hearing me? What is the position against? Everybody say the wiles of the devil. All this, I, I just enjoy the phone, but don't get, don't get the wrong idea. Some of all this, um, you know, drama you watch, you know, you see one guy who says, uh, I'm at your mom, another will wear red cloth. Then the pastor will not be praying. Don't that will not strike the pastor. Hey, 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 There's nothing like that to help you know. Nothing like that is in the Bible. That's a big lie. It doesn't work like that. Did you understand me? Are you hearing me? There's nothing like, so if that's the image you have about spiritual, may Holy Ghost Buddha remove it from your mind. Did you understand me? Because if you think like you won't receive the truth. Because some of you, that's, that's the encyclopedia in your head. Several skits and movies, vampire movie, Dracula movie, um, you know, werewolf. All those are lies. 
you, you, you must realize Satan is behind such movies because they are meant to instill fear in people's mind. When people fear, they lose control. So when you look at all those things and you are not careful, Satan can inject a deception in your mind about who he is as a character. See him as a monster. Because everybody's afraid of monsters. So that's what you see. Even in games, they put funny seven head, ten leg, ten mouth, uh, four leg, ten eye, all kinds of horrible, gross tech, whatever. But, but that's not that. The Bible simplifies the matter for us. Say amen. The Bible is our foundation and basis for spiritual warfare. If anything anybody is telling you about the devil is not based on the scripture, reject it. Because you, if you ever listen to that, it will set you up for this. It may shock some of you that some of the things you've been fighting over there is no spiritual warfare. Say that I just put you, and put you in a box and you've been fighting illusions for 10 years. Punching breeze. Thinking you are fighting. Then when you are tired, you, you forgot that the tiredness is because you are fighting the wrong fight. Exerting energy for useless things. Then after a while, you say, no, this is a very strong case. No, it's your ignorance that is strong. The word of God needs to renew your mind. Are you listening to me? Tell, say some tell with me. Say the word of God works. Say that. Say the word works. Yeah, it works. And, and if we're going to take nations, because this church will take nations. Yeah. We'll send people to nations. But, but if we're going to do that, our mentality must be right. Can't take like one local jerk, somebody that doesn't know his left from his right. Where we say things that are not scripturally based. God will not export our nonsense now. It doesn't work like that now. Alright? Say amen. So he says, to stand against means to maintain your position against the wiles of the devil. Now we said, what are wiles? We said the word wiles comes from a word called method. Everybody say method. Yeah, methodia. Methodia. That's the word method. And it simply means cunning. Everybody say cunning. So when the Bible uses the word why, it means cunning. Cunning. Everybody say cunning. What is cunning? It means to be deceitful, crafty. And we said a cunning person. Are you paying attention? Is everybody here? Is everybody here? Look at anybody. So you're there. Because the people might be in Abba now. Yeah. So maybe in Abba. So maybe in uh, Lagos. So are you here? As your neighbor say, you they see me. Say, what are they do? Which color of shirt I wear? Yeah. Before somebody call you Abraham, and you are not Abraham. All right, praise the Lord. Are we all here? Are we all here? All right, praise God. So, what, what, the word wiles means cunning. Everybody say cunning. C-U-N-N-I-N-G. Cunning. And to be cunning means to be deceitful. And we describe, the dictionary describes the word cunning as someone who is skillful in the act of what? Deception. Clever or skillful. Clever, skillful, they mean the same thing. Now, the fact that you're skillful or clever in itself, it's not a compliment. Because clever and skillful must be applied to a context. You can be clever in a good thing, and you can also be clever in a bad thing. Did you hear what I said? Yeah. And, and clever or skillful is something you acquire over the years of interaction and dealing with some. If you're doing a particular job over the years, you can get so good at it because you've worked it over and over, the principle over and over. You've built some experiences where you can do the same job in a shorter time. Because you've built skill. You've built 
experience. You're not clever with respect to that job. You can be clever there and be dumb in something else. I hope you know that. <laughs> but when it comes to cunning, it means to be skillful in the act of deception. Satan is skillful in the act of deception. When Jesus stripped him of authority, he reduced him to his debased self, his corrupt self. And Satan's corrupt self is a lie. Because Jesus said, the devil is a liar and the father of lies. That's who the devil is. And his nature comes to bear in his operation and how he functions. Because who you are will speak in what you do. I hope you know that. Huh? See, you can learn and receive information, but when you live, you live from who you are. Who you are is the effect of what you have learned. And they will show in the way you think, the way you speak, and the way you act. Do you understand that? Acquiring knowledge is good, but it's only helpful when it affects your life. If it doesn't affect your life, then it's useless. All right? So the devil's nature affects what he does. And hear me, brothers and sisters, the Bible says our warfare is against the wiles of the devil. And if the wiles of the devil is cunning, cunning is the skillful act of achieving one's aim through deception. So Satan's wile, it's about the lying deception. Everybody say lying deception. And we said, what is a lie? A lie is a deliberate statement with the intent to mislead or deceive. Is that not so? So deceive, mislead, they mean the same thing. So you need to understand it, that Satan's wife is lying deception. Everybody say lying deception. What is deception? The skillful act of misleading. That's deception. So lying, you know what a lie is? A lie is a lie. <laughs> say, say a lie is a lie. A lie is a deliberate statement made with the intent to what? To mislead. So they are, brought, they are two sides of the same coin. Is that not so? They all mean one thing, Satan. Alright? So Satan is a lie. Deception, lie. They are two sides of the same coin. The coin is the devil. One side is a lie. The other one is... So he will try to deceive you through lying. So Satan's power is to deceive. Revelations 12, now everybody go there. This is his vision and mission statement. So you need to know why we need to put on the armor. If you don't have the armor, one, one person we're going to look at when we talk about the armor of God, the Bible describes the armor of God as the armor of truth and light. All right? Um, Revelations 12 and verse 9. If you are there, say amen. Glory be to God. Are we there? Revelations chapter 12 and verse 9. Praise God. Very good. I, like, well, if you know you, the spirit of sleep is coming, you get up and go and stand so that it will leave. Yeah? Praise the Lord. Okay. Revelations 12, because you shouldn't miss what I'm teaching. Revelations 12, 9. What does it say? The great dragon, the word dragon, it's a mythical creature. Mythical means it doesn't actually exist. It's, it's a form of a snake. So he went to explain what it means. He said, and the great dragon was cast out. Is that not so? That old serpent. So the dragon is the old serpent. And why does the Bible use the word serpent? Is it because the devil is a snake? No. He used the word serpent because of the cunning nature of the snake. The snake is very, it looks weak, but it's deadly. So the word serpent there means cunning or deceptive. Now, and he uses two other names, the devil and Satan. The devil is diabolos. Diabolos means one who is a liar or an accuser. 
Then the word Satan is Satanus, means someone who um, uh, falsely accuses you. One is a liar. One is the one that falsely accuses you. So Satan is both an accuser and a liar. If he wants to get you, he will try to accuse you or find fault with you. That's what he does. Then the Bible describes what he does next. Revelation 12 now. He says, which deceiveth the what? The whole world from Africa to America, America to UK, UK to Australia, Austria to Asia, deceiveth the whole world. So when the Bible says, be sober, be vigilant, for your adversary, the devil, walks about. What is he walking about to do? To deceive the whole world. That's what he does. That's what you and I are dealing with. Our warfare is against the deceptions of the devil. Another word for a while is lying deceptions of the devil. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So let me say this. The devil as a liar is method. Methodia, or what the Latin call modus operandi. The way it works, not many ways, is the way. The way it works is to deceive. And you deceive by lying. That's how it works. Sometimes we confuse the package he uses. And we get carried away with the ambience and the side attraction. Forgetting that the content is a lie and always a lie. Did you hear what I said? Deceived the whole world. He was cast out into the earth and his angels were cast with him. That's the principality, power, and all that. They were cast out with him. As a lie, the devil's modus operandi is to deceive. Another word for deceive means to mislead with lies. Everybody said to deceive with lies. And you need to know that this is very serious. Because we are creatures of information. We are what? What did I say again? Look at the neighbor and say, you are a creature of information. We live and function by what we know. Are you hearing me? The way you think, the way you speak, the way you act, and everything you do is a product of knowledge, true or false. So everything in the smallest unit is knowledge. Is that not true? Is it not true? Why are you dressing the way you are dressing? You got your fashion sense from a knowledge base. Some of, well, some of us who came from village, when we were going to school, they didn't tell us that you didn't need more. So we came as if we were even going to another country. Carried too many things. Then you now find that it's only you that brought too much. Then when you get there, you now learn. And say sometimes some people will just come with only one traveling bag. And, and, and as you started learning, you started getting exposed to knowledge you didn't have before. Then what happened? Your behavior began to change. Is it not true? Come on, talk to me. Is it not true? Ladies, Africa. Where did you know about bone strip before? Bone straight, whatever. Who told you? Were you born like that? My grandmother, the one they were having was thing that looked like Afro. They would just wear it like cap. She would just brush it, brush it. I remember my grandmother very. My mother did it too. Then what they had was what they used for breast. It was a padded uh, shoulder foam. They would just wear it inside the brazier, put it inside the brazier. They wear it. That's what they were doing. Then they'll use what you call, they call, they call tiro. I don't know what they do tiro now. Those dark thing, some of you call it eyeliner, eye this. It's all knowledge. It's knowledge. It's knowledge. Knowledge is the power behind what people say. Knowledge is the power behind what people do. 
knowledge is the power behind what people see. Are you hearing me? So if you control the knowing, you control every other thing. You didn't hear what I said. If you control the knowing, you control what? The evil of colonization is mind control. When, when, when our colonial fathers came and colonized us, they first of all controlled the way we thought about ourselves and our environment. One of the lies that they succeeded in passing to us is called racism. That you are fortunate because your complexion is different. I don't like to use the word black because we are not black. Are you black? Is any of you black? Look at your skin. Does it look like black? Is anybody wearing a black shoe? Do you look like that? So why, why do you call yourself black? Because somebody told you. Hello? Somebody did what? Somebody told you that you are black. Because as you guys travel, you're going to deal with people that are racist. They'll try to treat you differently because your skin is different. And I can always tell my children, you don't have control as to how people treat you, but you have control as to how you respond. I can make the way you treat me rubbish and non-entity by not giving it space in my mind and in my behavior. Because I think right, I think straight. So when you're doing something that you think will make me angry and painful, I will just be smiling and looking at you. Why? Because I have a knowledge that is superior to your life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If you understand what I'm saying, then you know why some of us are failing out. Why we struggle spiritually, it's because the knowledge we have is the one producing that spiritual struggle. If that knowing or knowledge is not based on the word of God, you are going to function dysfunctionally spiritually. There are many of us who are functioning wrongly spiritually because the knowledge we have is not rooted and grounded in the word of God. So the goal of Satan is if I can control what they know, I can control their life. That's why he fights to prevent people from hearing the word of God. You know what Paul said in 2 Corinthians 4 verse 3? He said if the good message of Christ, the gospel, the good news of what he has done is hidden, is hidden from those in whom the God of this world has what? Blinded the minds of them that believe not. So he knows the source. If I can control what goes to your mind, I can control everything about your life. Everything. This warfare, the wiles of the devil, write this down, there are mind weapons. The wiles of the devil are what? There are mind weapons. They are designed to take over people's minds, to control what they know. Because if Satan can run your mind, he can run your life. What controls your mind controls your life. If you are very happy, it's the way you are thinking. If you are very sad, it's what? It's the way you are thinking. If you are jovial, it's the way you are thinking. If you have a terrible habit of worries and crying. You know, there are some people, they, they don't even have a thankful disposition of life. It's the lie that is in their head. Any small thing, they'll just cry. Hey, this life, I am so... I'm just tired. Why do people talk like that? It's the lie in their head. Their mind has been blinded from the truth. Satan has amplified natural things to trump spiritual things. And when we use the word natural things, I hope you know we're talking about knowledge. He has given you a philosophy, an idea, an information about natural stuff. And those information, he has coated them with a lie so that their values may look higher than spiritual things. It's a war of knowledge. I hope you know that. It's a war of knowledge. What do you know? What do you know? 
What do you know? There are some believers who they cannot stand before people of other ethnicity because there's a lie telling them that because you are not from there, you are inferior to them. I remember then when we used to work in the company, some of the staff, when they shake someone who is an Oriboma, I don't use the word white because nobody is white. Did you hear what I said? Have you seen a white man before? They lied to you and they say he's a white man. Can you show me one white man? You, have you seen what? What am I wearing? Have you seen somebody like this before? Eh? So why do you say a white man? Because they lied to you. They've so polarized. They taught you color white is this. It's not white. Then you now see a human being and you say it's a white man. Who started that language? Then they now say you as chocolate. Say you are black. You are like, it's, oh no, this is brown shoe. This is black. That you are black. That you look like back of a cooking pot that they use for this thing. And you now look say, I'm a black man. I'm a black man. I'm black. You are calling yourself what you don't even look like. You accept it. You believe. After all, I'm a black man. That's why black men are suffering. But no, it's you that is suffering. You that have believed a lie about who you are. Look at the neighbor say, I'm a black man. That's why God is so, God is so wise. Everybody say, God is so wise. God, God did not base identity on skin complexion. That's why the Bible did not record anything about the skin complexion of Jesus. Because we know we can get hanged up on those nonsense. And the devil can easily deceive us. Do you know some people still believe that Jesus is a white man religion? There is no white man. Are you hearing me? There is no man that is white. Let me make it plain English. Neither is there a man that is black. A man is just a man. And a woman is just a woman. That's all. And the reason you call is because of the biological differences. But now Satan has so much entered people's mind and they're not saying that the way God designed you in terms of your physical future is a function of what you choose. So I can wake up today and say, I am a man. Then tomorrow I wake up, mm, I know I can. I'll be a woman. The next day. It just tells you the war that is taking place. Satan is programming people to accept a lie as to who they are. If your neighbor is sleeping, tap the person. Satan has programmed people's mind to say, you are what you are not. For instance, you are a black man. Ask your neighbor, are you a black man? When you leave church, say, tell person, say, say, we are not black. Oh. Say, we are not black. Say, say, you always say, the black man. Then you two will carry it and you wear it. Say, we blacks. No, I'm not in the way. Did you understand me? I am not in the way. I don't know the way you are referring to, but... Mm -mm. Okay? So, so when we talk about warfare, wiles of the devil, we're talking about what? The deceptive lies. Everybody say deceptive lies. Satan's modus operandi is to deceive or mislead the whole world. The lying deception is what the scripture reveals as the wiles of the devil. Now, have you ever asked yourself a question? Please don't miss this. What is the purpose of using a wire? Why, why does Satan, if wire means deception, why is Satan using deceptive lies? Why? I saw a scripture I've never seen for, I've read it, but it never came across 
until I saw it. Go to Numbers 25, verse 18. I'm going to extract a principle from there about was. I did a search one of the days I was studying, and I found that, that the only place while was mentioned, apart from the New Testament, it's in the book of Numbers. And when God referred that, remember the Bible says in Romans 16, that the things that were written of the Old Covenant were written for our learning. Is that not so? Yeah, so we can learn from them. We can learn the principles to help us establish our ways in Christ. All right, Numbers 25, verse 18. Are we there? Is, is there I hope you know it's in the Bible, Old Testament. <laughs> All right, Numbers 25, 18. All right, we're going to read. For they vexed you with their wiles, wherewith they have beguiled you in the matter of pure, and in the matter of Cosby, the daughter of a prince of Midian, their sister, which was slain in the day of the plague for pure sake. Let me give you the background story. As Moses was leading the children of Israel towards the promised land, remember, there were several experiences they had. Some of them, the enemy tried to destroy them because God promised in the beginning the seed of the woman was going to bruise the head of the devil. So Satan knew that the children of Israel were his mortal enemies. They were his downfall. That the future of his downfall that was prophesied by God in Genesis 3.15 is being carried in a seed. And that seed is in a lineage known as the children of God or the children of Israel that were divided into 12 tribes. So his mission is to destroy them. That was his mission. And he tried. So God gave a covenant to protect them. To engage God so he can protect them as they walk towards the fulfillment of the promise of God for their generation. And what God raised them for was beyond them. They will fulfill their part. They will leave another generation will take over. So Satan was always particular. So on one of such instances, there were tribes that God warned the children of Israel not to partake in. They were not to have any fellowship with them. Uh, when we begin to look at the wise, you will understand why. The very thing that God says they should not do. The devil will want to convince you that that's the thing that you will do. The very thing God tells you you don't need, that's the thing the devil will try to convince you that you want, that you need. The Midianites were one of the no-go area. The Moabs were one of the no-go area. So in this particular case, a son from one of the house of Israel, God had already told them to kill the Midianites. Because bringing them into the camp of the Lord was opening the door for curse. Because the people were going to influence them and they'll start serving their idols and as a result, the wrath of God will come on them. So they were asked to kill them. But there was this particular man who fell in love with the people God said you should not love. Everybody said, mm. You know there are people that love what God said you don't love. They are so sick with love that they're in love with what will kill them. They're just love sick. Just love. You know, you can just love people. No sense. Just love him without sense. So this guy fell in love with a Midianite woman. That's the one of them. His name is Cosby. And he had the F1 tree to bring it into the camp. Close to the tabernacle. The moment comes, and when God's rod starts, a cloud will appear. This, the cloud will change, it will change texture. Next thing that will come is fire. As the judgment of God went out to rise, one of the, the grandson of Aaron took a javelin and made his way from the crowd to where the young man was. 
and stabbed the man from the back. The javelin entered, came out from here, and stabbed the woman together and pegged them through there. The moment they died, the anger of God lifted from Because what would have happened was that in the name of Lovey Lovey, everybody would have been wiped out. And as soon as he did that, God looked at him and said, he was not a priest, but because of what he did, God says, I will make a covenant because of him, because he has stayed my plague. Are you listening to what I'm saying? Now the question is this. Why did that young man, with all the warnings that were issued through Moses, that God gave to them, not to have anything to do with those kind of nation. Why would somebody fall in love with something God warned you? Everybody say, wiles. You didn't hear me. Say, wiles. Say, wiles. It is wild that will make somebody fall in love with darkness. Make somebody fall in love with stupid things. Will make somebody do something that is that, that would destroy you, but you don't mind. Just be romancing it. Look at that verse again. Let me show you something. It said, for they vexed you with what? With their wise. That word wise, their, their deceit. As a result, they will beguile you. Remember what the word beguile is? Eh? It means to mislead. Remember 2 Corinthians 11.3. Paul said, I fear, as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your mind may have been corrupted from the simplicity of the gospel. So what is the purpose of what? It's to vex. Everybody says to vex. Write the word down, vex. What does vex mean? Let me tell you what it means. The word vex means to afflict. Satan cannot afflict you. Satan cannot oppress you until first of all he makes you a victim of his wiles. There are two things Satan seeks from every man or every human being through, through his wives. And that word vex explains those two things. Number one, he needs your permission. Satan cannot deal with you without your permission. So the only way to secure that permission is to use wives to deceive you. And through deceiving you, it will make you believe a lie as true. And through believing a lie, you will willfully give him consent. He's vexing you. Give him consent. You will give him permission, then place. Permission means consent. Place means ground or basis. That's why the Bible says, give no place to the devil. The devil uses wires to look for permission and for place. And that permission for place comes by vexing you. That's what it does. So if he's lying to you, that lie is not for your good. It's not for your benefit. He may make it look like it's for your good and your benefit, but the goal of that lie is to seek the permission he needs to destroy you. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Am I talking to somebody here? Let's look at one example, then I'll stop. Let's go to the Garden of Eden. I know you've heard me say that, but I'm going to show you some things you probably may not have seen. We're looking at the temptation at Eden. You remember the temptation at Eden? Genesis 1, God had made everything. End of chapter 1, very good. God was impressed. Chapter 2, after God finished everything, he placed man in the garden. Is that not true? Then chapter 3, the Bible introduces us to a temptation that took place in the garden. 
and the major characters involved was the serpent and Eve. But let me make a statement about temptation, and this will help you. In case some of you are surprised, write this down. Every temptation begins, is always about, I don't want to use the word begin because you may get the wrong impression. Every temptation is about what God has said. What did I say? Every temptation of the devil is always about what God has said. Whether he has said in the written scripture or by the Holy Spirit. Satan understood the power of what God says. Because the speakings of God is what created the heavens and the earth. The activities of the earth came from the mouth of God. Is that not true? Hebrews 11.3 says, For through faith we understand that the words were framed by what? The word of God. Satan understands the power of God's word. He understands that God's word is God's integrity. And the foundation of his throne is based on his word. So if God speaks, God is not just telling you something. God is lending you himself. Because what God says is who God is. Temptation is about, always about what God has said. So temptation is not about your car. It's not about money. It's not about issues. It's not about the quarrel. It's not about the misunderstanding. It's not about the betrayal. Temptation is always because there's a word. <laughs> there's a word over your life. There's probably there's a word you've heard. Satan doesn't want you to believe the word. Because he knows when you believe God's word, your life will change. That's why Jesus gave us what they call the parable of the sower. What is the parable of the sower about? It's about what God said. The activities of Satan on those three levels of illustration, the wayside, hard ground, turning ground, it's about attacking the word. Because every temptation of the devil, it's always about what God has said. Temptation is not a sin. Temptation is a suggestion to be misled. Write this down. Say temptation is a suggestion to be misled. When you are tempted, it doesn't mean you are sinning. Because temptation is not sin. It's a baiting for sin. It's a bait. Temptation is a baiting to sin. It's a baiting to be misled. So every temptation is always about what God said. Now, let me say this again. The enemy's wiles are deceptive attempts to shift two things. The enemies, the wiles of the devil are deceptive attempts by the devil to do two things with regards to the word when it comes to the believer. Number one, to shift your focus from the word. If he cannot convince you to shift your focus from the word, he will pervert. Are you paying attention? He will pollute, pervert, or twist your understanding of the Bible. Can I ask you a question? Do you know it's possible that some of you may be believing a lie and you think it's the word? Hello? Hello, are you with me? You may be believing a lie and you think because it's the scripture. Hey, can I, can I tell you something? The devil quotes scriptures too. He used it when he was tempting Jesus. He quoted Psalm 91. And when I checked it, he quoted it correctly. Are you listening to what I'm saying? <laughs> so if you don't understand how to deal with the wise of the devil, you will, you will take his lying version of his scripture and think it's truth. So two things temptation will attempt to do. Every temptation is a deceptive attempt by the devil to either, number one, shift your focus from the world, and he will do that through distraction. He will do that through what? Distractions. 
or to pollute, pervert, or to twist your understanding of the word. So you now have a line version of the scripture. And you think it's the truth. There are many people who have quoted scripture, but they were not believing the truth. What they quoted was a line version of the truth. And they thought it was the truth. Unfortunately, when you believe a lie, what you receive is a lie. Bible says you rip the wind. So I want to ask you a question. Because if you're a believer that is not committed to the look at the, the fourth, this thing in the parable of Soa. It said, they that heard the word, received the word. And Luke gives us a more elaborate expansion of it. And they produce fruit with patience. There are certain things God will change. It will take patience to apply yourself to that word. Because you didn't believe and acquire your lie in a day. If you are not patient in meditating the word, you are not patient in listening to the word over and over and over again, you are not patient in confessing the word of God, you are not going to change. If you are the Ozubo type, you will not go far. Because your mind is a learning system. It's built on precept upon precept. Are you hearing what I'm saying? All right. Let's, let's continue. Are you learning something? Now, to begin our study of the temptation, since all temptation begins, it's about what God says. Let us go back to what God said in the garden. Go to Genesis 2, verse 15. Everybody. Genesis 2, verse 15. Genesis 2, verse 15 and 6 to 7. Let us, because you will not appreciate the temptation in Genesis 3 if you don't know what God said. And I'm going to show you something that will shock some of you. Please pay attention. Pay, what did I say? Yeah, then, this is the wrong time to sleep. Pay attention. You know this sleeping problem is a global problem. Every church. No matter how anointed you are. There's the sleepers association. Alright. Genesis 2 verse 15 to 17. Are you there? Let's read it together. One to go. And the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. Verse 16. And the Lord God commanded the man, please pay attention because the temptation is about this now. Commanded the man saying, of what? Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. Repeat that statement again. Of every thou may, one more time. Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely. Everybody say freely. Say freely. freely. Eat. Please tell your neighbor, say every detail of God's word is important. You know why I say that? Because Jesus emphasized it. He said heaven and earth will pass it, but not one jot. Not just my word. One jot. That means every detail of the word is what? It's important. Good. Now, verse 17, everybody. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. Note the statement God made. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. So verse 16 and 17 clearly states what God has said. And because the principle is every temptation is about what God has said. So you must be rooted in what God has said. If you're going to overcome the temptation of the devil. Because what the devil will try to do is to either do two things. Shift your focus from the word or pervert or twist it. Okay. Let's see verse 16. Let me say something about verse 16. 
What did verse 16 say? And the Lord God commanded the man saying, of every tree of the garden, thou mayest freely eat. There's a word in grammar that is called infinite absolute. That means when you use the word infinite absolute, means there is no, um, there is no restriction. What you want? There are some words they use that. One of the words is freely. When God said to Adam, you shall, I mean, freely eat, it means eat to your heart content, no restriction. Are you hearing me? That word was an infinite, absolute word. God says, eat freely. Of all the trees, just eat to your heart's content. No restriction. That's what God said. All right. Now, let's get into the temptation. Then the tempter came with the aim of deceiving or misleading Eve. Go to Genesis 3 verse 1. We're going to read from verse 1 to verse 10. Quick one, and I'll explain what I need to and begin to round up. Somebody say, Holy Spirit, open my eyes. Open the eyes of my understanding. Open the eyes of my understanding. Urela. Verse 1. Are we there? Let's read. Come on. Now the serpent was more subtle. Everybody say subtle. What does subtle mean? Everybody say corny. What is corny? Corny is anyone who is skillful in the act of deception or one who is skillful in achieving his aim with the, in the act of what? Deception. So keep that statement in mind. And the serpent was more subtle. The word subtle means cunning. So the devil decided to walk through a serpent. And his nature came to bear on the serpent. Because he was the one manifesting and operating through what? The serpent. Are you there? Very good. Let's continue. He says, and he said unto the woman. Remember, temptation is always about what God has said. And he said to the woman. Are you ready for this? Let's read verse 2 together. And, okay, and he said to the woman in that verse 1, Yea, has God said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Is that what God said? If you didn't follow the last one, then that means you're not following with this. Did God say you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? Huh? Let me read what verse 16, what God said. And the Lord God commanded, he says, took the man, put him in the garden to dress. That's verse 15, verse 16. And the Lord God commanded, say, of every tree of every tree, of every tree of the garden, thou mayest freely eat. And yet the serpent say, as God said, you shall not eat of every tree of the Satan was checking on Eve's accuracy of the Bible. Did you hear what I said? Whether she has a very shallow understanding of what God, so he will know what to do next. He's a sly guy, very deceptive. He was checking on, on whether Eve understood. You listen to a message. You've not gotten all the message yet. The devil knows that. So he will hit you with enough temptation to make sure you don't, the word doesn't sit in your heart. He first of all checks on the detail. God says you can eat of every. Then he comes and says, did God say you shall eat of every tree? Of course he said so. Go to the next verse. Verse 2, everybody. And the woman said unto the serpent, watch this, you may eat of the tree, of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God had said, you shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, 
lest you die. Everybody say exaggeration. Say omission. Let's finish it so that I can do it. Verse 4. And the Sabbath, okay, Satan has not found that. Okay. She's not very good on details. She omits and she exaggerates. So he took the temptation to the next level. Go to verse 4, everybody. What did he say? And the serpent said unto the woman, now watch that this is whilst at work. And the serpent said to the woman, you shall not surely die. Since he now found that she's not particular about details. And she omits and exaggerates. So it will be easy to lie to this one. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And he said, you shall not. God says, you shall die. That watch verse 3, she had already, let me know, let me keep myself on that. He said, lest you die. That, that was a twist. So Satan said, okay, I know how to hit this one. Since he's not particular and detailed with the same accuracy that God gave, I'll twist it. You shall not surely die. You shall not surely die. Because she used the word, God said, you shall die. She said, lest you die. Lest you die means you may not die. So that's, oh, you shall not die. Did you understand that? Are you listening to what I'm saying? Because some of the struggles some of us are having in faith, this is where it is. When the enemy found out that she was not particular about the detail, I said, okay, you will not die. Since you say, lest you die, you shall not surely die. Is that not true? Verse 5, everybody. For God does know. Mm-hmm. Since you're not particular about God's detail, let me give you my own detail. The possibility of a future that you probably have not thought about, and God may not have told you, but this may be, but this is a bloody lie. Listen to it. For God does know, how does he know that God knows? That in the day you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Now go to verse 6, everybody. We need to read this together so you are flowing. Verse 6. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food. Hello. What God told you not to eat is not good for food. What will kill you is not good for food. That means she's bought into the lie. Good for food. And that it was pleasant. Hey. And a tree to be desired to make one wise. How can what will kill you make you wise? And what happened? She took of the fruit thereof and did eat. And gave unto, also unto her husband with her. I don't know. that This with her is giving me a lot of things to understand. With her aspect, you not talk. You just quiet. Okay, let's continue. And he did eat. Verse 7. Let us see whether what the devil said was going to happen. Verse 7, everybody. And the eyes of them both were opened. And did they become gods? Let's find out. And they knew. Hello? They knew they were what? They were naked and they sewed fig leaves together. Their fashion statement left glory to fig leaves. Alright? And made themselves April. Verse 8. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. Another man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees. They were not hiding from the presence of God to go and hide in trees. Verse 9. The devil has gone. After he gave the suggestion, he left. Everything, the damage was done by Eve's mind. All he did was sow 
the suggestion in his mind, her mind. And she did the damage by herself. Watch this. And the Lord said, where are you? He said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. Now listen to this. Listen to this. Before we investigate the deceptive wild of the devils, which some of you must have seen, let us consider what I call the omission and exaggeration of Eve. Verse 2. To begin with, God, Eve, in her statement, when, when Satan spoke, omitted the word freely. Is that not true? What did she say in verse 2? And the woman said, we may eat of the tree. God said, you may freely eat. She omitted that of the tree. All right? Then, remember in verse 16, God said, if you eat of it, you shall surely die. But Eve omitted God's emphasis of you shall surely die and gave her own version of lest you die. That word lest you die implies you may or may not die. And when Satan saw that opening, are you, are you listening to me? And saw that opening in a reasoning of the scripture, he capitalized on that and hit her. So that was our omission. Now, let me also show you, are you still here? We must be careful. Let me give you an advice on omission. We must be careful not to add what God has not added. And we must be careful not to omit what God has not omitted. Unscriptural addition or omission is usually a setup for deception. We saw that play out. It also results, is a result of poor study and listening to the word. That's why some of us take spiritual warfare like, like, um, like contractors that are not organized. You just take a scripture. You, you've not allowed the Holy Spirit to give you revelation, understanding. You just take it because you remember that you met one person. That any scripture they give, you wake up three o'clock in the night. I begin to pray the scripture. I begin to pray. Why are you waking up three o'clock in the night? Why? Why? Did God tell you to wake up? Is it only three o'clock that God moves? Is it only three o'clock that the power of God flows? Is it only three o'clock that God is God? So where did you get those things you are using? That's the problem with omission. You become a victim of mixture. You start making misrepresentation and mischaracterization because you've not allowed the word of God to take deep so in your heart. The word of Christ has not dwelled richly in you and has not instructed you in the way of wisdom. When you are supposed to be changing things, taking charge, exercising dominion, you are busy playing games because you are light on the scripture. You don't want to meditate on the word of God. Let me tell you what the Bible writes is down. Because time, don't bother, but just write it down. Revelations 22, verse 18 and verse 19. God warns us about omission and addition. Revelation 22, 18 and 19. For I testify unto every man that heareth these words of the prophecy of this book. If any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in the book. Verse 19, if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. So God warns against omission and addition. The second thing Eve did was exaggeration. What is exaggeration? Blowing things out of proportion. Adding your extra to it. Everybody say my extra. You just add your spicing, your sprinkling. You got to spice it up. Tell your neighbor, say, God did not ask for your opinion. 
Say it, say it. What may be diluting the impact of that prophetic word you received is your personal opinion. What may be making that prophecy not work for you, even though you are quoting it, is your personal opinion. Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will do what? He will direct your path. Let me give you a case in point. Peter was catching, trying to catch fish all night. He couldn't catch anything. Jesus borrows his boat. After speaking, he came and he turned and he said, hey, push your boat into the deep. Launch out and put your net there. Now, Peter said, Master, we've toiled all night, we've caught nothing. My experience failed. And what you're telling me to do is against my sense of fisherman. That's what Peter was implying. But he says, nevertheless, I will submit to your word. I, 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 it doesn't make sense to me. I don't understand it, but he said, nevertheless, at your word. Not at my reasoning of your word. Not at my, as, as, you know, checking whether this thing is, no. At your word. When God gives you his word, you believe it and receive it. You don't try to analyze it, whether God is trying to say something. You know, God, you really mean, I'm not sure you talk, I'm not sure, no, you've, you've missed it. And he says, actually, he let down the net. What happened? A great cash came. So be careful. Everybody say, be careful of exaggeration. You are sharing the word with someone. You now add your spin to it. You now put your version inside. Put your name, version, uh, version princess. Not you, my dear. Version princess. Or version King David. You now quote your own version, and your version has nothing to do with the original version. Hallelujah. Listen to this. Listen where she, she exaggerated in verse 3. What did she say? He said, you shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it. Did God say anything about touching it? Did God say anything about touching it? No. God didn't say anything. If I didn't use that word. She now added her own spin. And what she didn't know was that when you omit or you exaggerate, you set yourself up for what? Deception. Watch this. God did not say anything about touching the tree. Eve's exaggerated down. Um, Eve's exaggeration watered down the emphasis of God's word. Watered the, tell the neighbor, say, when you exaggerate, say it, say it, say, when you exaggerate. Look at your neighbor, say, when you exaggerate, you water down the word. You, you, you know what you do? You, you make the word lose its value. You know what Jesus said about exaggeration when he was telling the Jews? He said, you have made the word of God of no effect by your traditions. What were their traditions? Their private, personal preference and opinion of the word. It diluted the word. He said, you've made God's word of no effect by your traditions, by your practices and your opinion. Somewhere along the line, their opinion became the word of God. And they started emphasizing more of their tradition than what God said. Some of the, somewhere, sometime in, in the process of uh, spiritual warfare, many of you have been trained to look for spectacular things. You want to see fire? You want to see something? You want to feel something? You want to hear something? You want to see something? Forgetting first and foremost, fundamentally speaking, the warfare is a faith fight. Jesus said to uh, uh, Thomas, because you see, you believe. 
He said, but blessed are those who have not seen, but yet believe. You won't win warfare if you are led by your senses. Are you listening to me? All right, let's begin to wrap this up. The, de the devil, watch this, Eve's omission and exaggeration, Eve's omissions and exaggerated response gave the enemy the green light to launch his deceptive wires against her. For instance, we, we have said everybody read Bible every day. Some of you, you will not read. The hour you would have used to complete your Bible reading, you will use it to be watching comedy. So you are becoming more and more grounded in comedy. I mean, everything in life will be like a comedy for you. Because those are the things you are studying. You cannot read four chapters of the Bible a day from, from morning till evening. And you know you are dealing in a warfare that is based on truth and lies. If you have no truth, you will become a victim of lies. And here you are given an opportunity to build your reserve of truth by exposing you to the world all the time. And you don't even understand it. Something justifies in your head. I not get time. I'm a very busy person. You know, it's been a busy day. Things have not been very straightforward. You know, I don't have time, but I'll, I'll, I'll see how I can make time and read. You're playing with your future. That's what you're doing. Because the time will come. When you will need the word, it will not be there. Because nothing is there. You made no investment. You were playing. When you were supposed to be serious. That's why when you come to church, be careful. When it's time for the word, sit and listen to you. Anybody chit-chatting and, and talking to you during the word doesn't like you. Because if he likes you, when I'm preaching, God is talking to you. Why will God be talking to you and you won't be talking to somebody else? Those are little, little attitudes that you don't care. These are little omissions and exaggerations we do. At the end of the day, well, you know what? It will kill the value of the world. Because while you are doing that, a truth will come, you will miss it. And that attitude inside of you that needs to be changed will not be changed. It will be there. 20 years will pass, you will still be like that. Some other part may work, but there just seem to be this area that doesn't want to change. Why? Because you're not yielding it to God all the time. Satan has noticed that this is something that is very, very particular with you. So he will give you opportunities to work on that. And you'll be shocked. It will just be occurring all the time. 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 And nothing will change. Tell the neighbor, say your change is in your hand. The power to change is from the Holy Ghost, but the decision to change is in your hand. You will not change until you want to. Okay? Alright? So, Eve's omission and exaggerated response gave the enemy the green light to launch his deceptive wiles. The deceptive wiles of the devil are revealed in verses 4 and 5. And the serpent said unto the woman, You shall not surely die. For God does know that the day you eat thereof, your eyes shall be opened, and you shall be as God, knowing good and evil. Let me read what I wrote. In verse 4, Satan blatantly negated what God said in Genesis 2 verse 16, and she had no word, truth, content to counter it. She just absorbed it. Unlike Jesus, it is written. Aon, she just said. Here was a devil challenging God. Oh, oh, oh really? So me, God, that means God was lying to me. You know, you speak like some of those spiritual people. Oh, really? So that means God was lying to me. I can't God do that. That's not right. That's not, that's not fair. I really say that. No, God, God, you're being, God, you're being, God, this means not you. You can't do that. You're almighty God. Why will you lie to me? How can you say that kind of thing? What's wrong? You're a fool. 
big one. No, no, the word fool is not an insult. It, it, the word fool is someone who does not do the, Jesus said, I will liken a man, a wise man who hears and does, and a foolish man who hears my word and does not. That's what I mean. So when you say my user, I'm not being, I'm not being insulted. I'm quoting a state that the Bible says. She said, the answer. You will not surely that. Did God say that? I mean, he says, you will know the difference between good and evil. You will be like God. But no. Through this statement, through this statement Satan made, he negated what God said. Eve didn't reply. Because there was not enough content to negate that. Here you are sitting that a thought comes to your mind that you are a useless person. And you don't, know, you don't have enough word truth in you to, to reject it. Or the devil tries to bait you. And he noticed that anytime they abuse you, or anytime they make you feel bad, you don't talk. You go to one corner and you cry, 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 cry. Then you now go for the next one week. You now start feeling sorry for yourself. You know, that, that, that this word is so cruel. You are in a warfare. Don't speak stupid English. Yo. This word is so cruel. Nobody likes me. People are mistreating me. They just, they don't care about me. They say I'm too short. They say I'm too tall. They say I'm too fat. They say I'm too thin. They say I'm too, all those are rubbish. They don't mean anything. They don't. It's just personal opinion. But if you don't have truth, and the devil notices why they're hitting you with that, you're not saying anything. You're carrying for a big person like you, 30 years old. Mommy, mom, they are telling me that I'm useless. You are. You're very useless. If at 30 years old, they're still calling you affairs. You are, you are useless. Then the devil says, okay, I know how to get this one. He will now set you up with a very useless boy that will always be insulting you. But because you are so dysfunctional and you have no truth, you will love somebody that is abusing you. He will slap you, he will say you fell. He will punch you, he will say something, knock you for head. You'll be lying. Because the devil has baited you to accept abuse as a norm for you. When the enemy finds out that you have no truth response to situations in life, it gives him the green light to attack you. Because he knows you will not talk. Any small thing, you, you know there are some people, any small they'll do that. They'll you grind, grind, they'll you go to one corner. You call their phone, they will pick. If I don't pick your phone, he said, I'm praying or doing something important. Or I'm not with the phone. But I will pick your phone. Or say, but I don't want to talk to you. But you know that naughty behavior, you not, you not come to church, you not call for prayer meeting, you just, as if you are doing God. You are doing yourself. Oh. You are doing yourself. Satan is baiting you and you are lapping it up. You are just, uh, just no. They will say, Why is that? I'm hurt. I'm hurt. You don't have the luxury of being hurt. Oh. I hope you know that. Look at them and say, You don't have that luxury at all. You don't. We are in a warfare. I, I was reading one of the passages I told you to read this morning. You know what Paul said to one of the guys? He said, Greet my fellow soldier in the faith. Soldiers are disciplined, militantly trained people. They're in a war, so they're always aware if there's going to be an attack. Because if you are not aware, you will fall victim. He said to Timothy, he said, no soldier that goes to war entangles himself with the affairs of this life and ends up pleasing the one who sent him for battle. Look at them and say, you are in a battle. You are in a battle. You are in a fight. And you need to be very aware of that. So that when Satan wants to engineer somebody in your family or engineer somebody in your office to get you into a state that is out of faith, you stand your ground. Stand your ground. Stand your ground. 
Stand your ground. Because that's how it starts. You can start when you were small, they were always bullying you. And you don't, because they didn't teach you enough truth. You allowed the bully to affect your psyche. And now, here you are in university, you are grown up, you are doing very well, but the principality of bully is still sitting inside your head. Any small thing, as big as you, you have started crying. You are in the office, so they just organize a lie against you. Then I say, you now start crying. Forgetting that the devil is trying to use what you never responded with truth to, to destroy your life. And here you are, packaged with destiny, potentials, and possibilities. But the lie is keeping you from manifesting. Listen to this. Let me say this. Let me say this. Is somebody hearing me? Is somebody hearing me? Through this statement, Satan the liar is denying that there is a penalty for disobeying God, implying that Eve could do whatever she liked with no consequence, as said by God. That's why she took the fruit and ate it. Because Satan convinced her that it's a possibility that you may not die. In verse 5, the devil also proposed a false assumption of possibly acquire a greater knowledge through disobedience. He proposed it. He said, for God does know that in the day you eat thereof, your eyes shall be opened and you shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Eve took the bait of deception. The result of her yielding to the wives of the devil is revealed in verses 6 to verse 10. What did he say? And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that Satan was not here anymore, he had done the damage, he had, he had sold the seed. It was pleasant to the eyes, a tree to be desired, to make one wise. She took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were open. They didn't look like God's though. Their eyes were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig trees together and made themselves aprons, and they heard the voice of the Lord walking in the, in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and Eve hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called Adam and said to him, Where are you, or where are thou? And he said, I heard your voice in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. Satan lied to Eve. Like 2 Corinthians 11, 3 says, Paul said, lest I fear, as the serpent beguiled Eve through his corniness, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity. Satan wants to corrupt your mind from the simplicity of believing what God has said. Don't give him place. 1 Timothy 2.14, he says, and Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in the transgression. I end up by saying this, that nothing the devil will say will ever be true. Did you hear what I said? Nothing the devil will say will ever be true. Rise up on your feet. Rise up on your feet. Father, we give you praise. Thank you. Begin to thank God. Father, let your word dwell richly in us. Let your word dwell richly in us. Let it dwell in us. Process with the wisdom of God. Renewing our minds and, and bringing clarity to our understanding. In the name of Jesus, destroying yokes and lifting burdens unveiling Christ and conforming our image more and more into the character of Christ in Jesus' name. Amen. Lift up your offering. Father God, we thank you for another opportunity to honor you with our offerings and our tithes. We acknowledge you as our source and supply. You are the giver of seed to the soul. Thank you for joining us today. Your generosity helps us to take this message to the ends of the earth. You can give on our website at www.therefugehousechurchhc.org. So go ahead and click on the link in the description. Remember to subscribe to hear more messages like this.